Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to the Apollo Audible. I am your host, Dominic Diaz, and today we are going to be interviewing the team president for the Orlando Apollos, Mr. Michael Waddell. Say hi to the podcast. Dominic, how you doing, buddy? It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you on, too. I'm excited to talk about some good old spring football. I'm definitely excited for that. And uh, you know what? I'm not going to waste any time whatsoever, and I'm just going to go straight into the first question. Uh, what's the best way for listeners to follow you and really get to uh, know more about you and the team? Wow. Well, I always say that the best place to follow the Orlando Apollos is on our official social media accounts. And that's at AAF Apollos on Twitter and Instagram. And then you can also find us in a number of places, both on Reddit, on Facebook, and also on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is really strong. Uh, we have the only team-based YouTube channel in the Alliance of American Football. And it's populated by our world-class digital content team led by Amr Shaw, who is our director of digital uh, Kaylee Chikoski is our social media person. Uh, we also have Eli Walker, our video storyteller, and then Tom Alexander as our team reporter. And he's been here on the Audible before. I know you guys enjoyed your uh, visit with Tom. Yeah, he was a great guy, and uh, we hope to have him on later on in the season. Hopefully, hopefully after we win a championship, but we'll see about that. No, we're going to win a championship, Tom. We're going to win a championship. We're bringing that ring right here to the city beautiful guaranteed that's good to hear so so all the listeners watching or listening i should say and you want to know where to buy tickets for our home opener february 9th at 8 p.m eastern at the bounce house aka spectrum stadium on the ucf campus uh where's the best way they could buy tickets uh any suggestions from you personally absolutely i always go to the official source that's orlandoapollos.com our website You can also go to Ticketmaster. They're our official ticketing partner. And you can get the best deals. Over 30,000 tickets, Dominic, under the price of $35. So it's a great place to uh, come out, bring your family, bring your buddies, come out, have a great night of football out in the spring. You can't beat Spectrum Stadium and the Orlando Apollos. First of five home games coming up there on February 9th is the Atlanta Legends come in for the first ever game in the history of the Apollos franchise. Yeah, I can tell you right now, it is these tickets are so cheap, like you really don't have an excuse not to go to a game. Tickets start at ten dollars. Like Yeah. Yeah. For students. Now college students have a special deal. They have the ten dollar deal and that gets them a T shirt, that gets them a ticket into the game and with our games taking place there on the UCF campus down it we wanted to do something to be particularly attractive to the 67,000 college students. So it's something that's new and something that hopefully will be a lot of fun. And uh, you know, we're looking for a pretty good crowd the first night out and one that will continue to build and grow over the course of the season. We don't have to have a sellout on the first night. We don't expect that. We just want to have great growth throughout the season as this Alliance of American Football products starts to grow on the football fans of America. Yeah, that sounds nice. Um, <laughs> honestly, I don't really th- expect the stadium to be packed either the very first day, but I do expect there to be a bunch of fans, whether the stadium is packed or not, that will be supporting the team and that will get rowdy and will get loud. 
to support their uh, Orlando yeah, Apollos. We're, we're going to have a lot of fun. That's uh, that's for sure. This is a uh, this is a team that will be fun to watch. The uh, sun and gun offense with head coach Steve Spurrier is going to be rocking with Garrett Gilbert in the pocket. But I'll tell you what, uh, I saw some action down in San Antonio uh, last weekend during the team's only official scrimmage against the San Diego fleet. And I can tell you this, the offense is good, but the defense could be dominating. Uh, the, the one takeaway I came out of San Antonio about our team is that the Orlando Apollos are a dominant defensive football team. Uh, it was a, an incredible display, very physical on the defensive front. Our linebackers are pouncing around. They are very active, both in pass protection and stopping the run. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch them do some damage on Aaron Murray and the purple-clad legends coming down from Atlanta. <laughs> Yeah, I actually interviewed Tom Alexander, and he said the exact same thing. We have a suffocating defense, and me being a Bears fan, I, I honestly can't complain. That's one of the best things that I can ask for. Uh, if I do remember correctly, the defense had seven sacks total, along with four turnovers, with the interception from Reggie Northrup the third or second. Sorry if you're watching that podcast, Reggie. I'm, I'm sorry for uh, butchering your last name, but uh, a lot of positives to take away from that game. Yeah, a lot of positives, and, uh, you know, with the cutdowns on the rosters now, uh, General Manager Tim Russell, Director of Player Personnel Josh Hinge, they've made the cuts down to now the uh, 52-man squad, and they have one more practice uh, this week in San Antonio before coming back here to the City Beautiful over the weekend, and then on Sunday, that starts our game week, and the march into February 9th, Saturday night, under the lights, it's going to be a lot of fun. National television, the CBS, and uh, you, you really can't ask for much more than that. And like you said, we're going to have a great crowd in there. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be the first time that this team has ever played, so everybody needs to be a part of the first time. Uh, you want to say you were there from the start, especially when you have a championship-quality team and a Hall of Fame coach like Steve Spurrier. Oh yeah, no doubt. We have the best coach in the league. No, no. Singletary comes with a close second, but we still have Coach Spurrier. So, uh, well, I, I think Mike Singletary was a great player. We'll wait and see if he was a great coach. I don't think he's proven that credential yet, but he's certainly a Hall of Fame football player and was a great predicator in those uh, Super Bowl Shuffle Bears back in the day. Yeah, well, if he could translate even half of his on-field success, he'll be a great coach tell you that right now. He got that right. Hey, he was a heck of a player now. Samurai Mike. Yep. So, I already, I guess I could say, uh, you already showed or said that you were in San Antonio a couple days ago. Are you still there? I uh, know we're back in Orlando. Uh, we were down there. My business team was down in uh, San Antonio Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And uh, we've been back making plans to get ready for our great fans. And trying to make the, the experience for all Apollo fans who come out to Spectrum Stadium uh, a great experience from start to finish. Yeah, guys, the Orlando Apollos are all over Central Florida. Uh, today they're currently at the Wind Down Wednesday. Uh, tomorrow they will be at Top Golf Orlando for their uh, their radio show, the Apollos Football Weekly. And Friday they will be under the lights. So it seems like every other day they have something going on that they're trying to engage with the community. 
And that's that's really important. It is. I mean, everything about the Alliance of American Football here in our inaugural season, it's not about the most glitzy marketing. It's not about the slickest commercials and things like that. It's about putting great quality football on the field. That is the crux of the Alliance. We have eight teams, four in the West, four in the East, from San Diego to Phoenix to Salt Lake City and San Antonio, then back Memphis, Birmingham, Atlanta, and then the most Eastern squad in the Alliance is right here in Orlando. And the commitment to having great football is really the crux of this league. And our goal is to have slow and steady growth. We'll take fast and steady growth, but slow and steady growth. We don't have to sell out the stadiums in the first year. What we have to do is we have to build a solid base and then make it better in game two, in game three, games four and five. When we play a playoff game here on April 21st, make that a great game. And then when we come back and have that championship parade the first week in May, that's when we start to think about 2020 and defending that Alliance championship here in Orlando. And, and working on just a, a long-term commitment to the city of Orlando for spring football. Dom, it's, it's going to happen. We are doing everything the right way. We have a great staff. We have outstanding financial support with Charlie Ebersaw and Bill Polian and our backers with the Alliance of American Football. And we're excited to make a long-term stake here in the community and, and being a part of some great charities as well. Guys, you heard Michael Waddell here first. He just said, we are going to win the very first championship of the inaugural season, and we're going to win it again. We're going to be the first team to win the championship and the first team to go back-to-back. -back. Book it. You heard it here first, folks. That's right. So, uh, you said you're in San Antonio. You probably got to meet the team, right? Absolutely. I got, I've gotten to know the guys over the uh, last six months. I started here as the president back in August before we had any players. And I've been a part of the, uh, the process all the way through, but the football side of the uh, team is run by Tim Russell. He's a veteran NFL uh, player personnel executive. He's been the team president in Seattle. He's worked with the Bears, the Falcons, the Bucks. I mean, this guy is, he's the NFL through and through. And when you add to that, you know, our player personnel director, Josh Hinch, who's also worked with the Bucks. Uh, Steve Spurrier, who's you know a legendary coach, and his staff, who have all worked together, whether it be at Duke or at Florida or at South Carolina. This is a group that is really uh, just truly gifted in the sport of football. And then on my side, I run the business operations. So that's marketing, ticketing, communications, community engagement, corporate sales. You know, all the things that touch the community and then, you know, directly engage the fans. So, you know, we, we have a great uh, three-way uh, tenant right here with Tim and Steve running the football side and then our group on the business operations side uh, giving uh, great support to that football muscle. Yeah, so it sounds like you got some, uh, it sounds like you're confident in your staff and uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you have the best staff in the AAF. So, um, I think so. Uh, you know, we're, we're really proud of them, and uh, we're really blessed with uh, great young professionals who want to get out, make a name for themselves, and be aggressive, but also 
putting the fans first. That is our commitment to our fans here that, you know, everything's not going to be perfect, but what we want to do is we want to hear from the fans. We want them to follow us on social. We want them to interact with us. Every night before I go to bed, every morning before I head off to work, I check our Reddit page, and I try to look at the comments that people have, the questions the fans have about the Orlando Apollos, and we try to give them a direct answer. You don't have to go through uh, seven or eight layers of uh, filters uh, here in the Alliance of American Football in Orlando. We are totally committed to engaging our fans one-on-one every day. Yeah, um, fan engagement is key, and uh, just looking through your social media and most of the different staff, you guys have some of the most welcoming and uh, friendliest staff I think I've ever ever talked to on social media. No matter what it is, whether I have a question or I have to DM them about something, they're always so polite, and they get back to you almost instantaneously. That's awful kind of you. I appreciate that. We, we work really hard at it, but it's also easy to be nice. So you're dealing with so many great fans here in Orlando who are taking, you know, there's a little bit of a leap of faith. You know, they believe in our head coach, Steve Furry. They believe in the backbone of our team. We have seven Florida Gators, six Florida State Seminoles, five Miami Hurricanes, five University of Central Florida Knights. We have teams from Southeastern, from, I mean, guys from Southeastern, Bethune, Cookman, Florida Atlantic, you name it. University of South Florida. This is a team made up of Florida college stars. And now, in that first game, Tom, we get a chance to go team on team, pro team on pro team, Florida against Georgia. I mean, it used to be you just waited to go to Jacksonville for the Florida-Georgia battle. But this year, you not only get it back in the fall, but now you get a little Florida-Georgia football right here in February. And to start it all off, that's a pretty uh, pretty awesome feeling. And uh, from what I hear, I'm not a native Floridian. My dad was a Floridian. But what I'm uh, told is there's nothing better than being a Florida football fan and whooping up on some team from Georgia. Now, that might be the Dolphins, the Jaguars, or the Bucks on the Falcons. It might be the Gators, the Seminoles, or whoever on the Bulldogs. But make no mistake, there will be some whooping going on, and it will be the Florida team doing the whooping. The Florida-Georgia rivalry has always been pretty hectic, I would say. Uh, it, ma- it makes every sport interesting. I don't know if you pay attention to the MLS, the Major League Soccer uh, League, but um, they have a huge rivalry between Orlando and Atlanta for the Kings of the South. And um, I can tell you right now, Orlando has been the receiving of the butt whooping for the last year and a half now, so it might be good to sort of turn the tables here. Well, we'll do our part. I have a lot of faith in Orlando City. I love their team. I, I love the passion of the uh, city fans. Uh, the, the Lion has some pride, baby, and uh, I think they're going to get back after it this year. I'm looking forward to a big city uh, season and for the Purple to uh, get an upper hand on Atlanta. They had a great team last year, but you know, uh, 2019 is a new season, Dom, and just like uh, City hopes to turn the tide on Atlanta in the MLS, we're looking forward to uh, starting off the, the rivalry right with the uh, Atlanta Legends and beating up on that Purple team coming in here to the Pounce House on February 9th, Saturday night. I'm telling you, there's something different with these Florida 
or I should say, in this case, Orlando fans. Um, even when Orlando City sucked last year, and they were, I shouldn't say sucked, they were sort of disappointing. The fans stayed, and the passion was there throughout the whole season. Uh, players really, I shouldn't say players, fans really care about this team, and they care about uh, showing out and supporting their team, whether it's a win, a loss, I don't know if you could tie in the AAF or a tie, things like that. Our fan base doesn't care. They're here to support you guys and to support what you're doing to bring spring football to the world. Absolutely. Uh, spring football is a great thing. I mean, when you look at it, over the course of time, Americans love football. I mean, by a, by a dominating ratio over any other sport. The NFL uh, is just a, a juggernaut in terms of revenue generation, in terms of television ratings. I mean, four times the ratings of the next national sport here in the United States, more than the NBA, more than the NHL, more than Major League Baseball. I mean, it is the dominating brand, the National Football League. And when it ends in February, well, that's been the most depressing week for a lot of people for a lot of years. In fact, you know, 70% of football fans don't watch other sports. That's how many football fans there are. I mean, that 70% of them don't even watch another sport. So to have now a, a new spring football opportunity for people to channel that football love, it just makes sense. And to do it right here in a great football market like Orlando that has outstanding college football with UCF, that has great high school football, Jones High School, one of the best, I mean, out of out of so many. But we know the, the folks over at Jones High School, we've uh, done some uh, community service engagement there. But then three bowl games, six high school football championship games, the Under Armour High School American game, the NFL Pro Bowl, and now the Orlando Apollos making their launch Saturday night, September 9th. It's going to be a lot of fun. It is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, spring football is going to be exciting. But speaking of spring football, the XFL will be starting up in 2020. What are your opinions on that? Or is it like more of a competitor? Or are you guys working alongside each other to work together? Well, you know, I really don't know a lot about the XFL. I tell you, I was a fan of it the first time through. In fact, one of the best teams, if not the best team, was right here in Orlando and had a great uh, run, but got upset in the semifinals, didn't make it to that uh, million-dollar game, I think they called it. Uh, that was eventually won by the LA Extreme, and I remember that because I had a friend, Frank Leatherwood, who was a tight end on that team, and Tiny Maddox was the quarterback. But, you know, that just tells you something. That was darn near 20 years ago, and I remember it because I'm a football fan, and I love pro football. And I was a big USFL fan. I loved my Philadelphia and Baltimore Stars. I mean, that was a great team back then. And so now with the Alliance coming through and with the Alliance cities being chosen because of, you know, growth areas in the sport of football, Orlando, growth area. What's Orlando, growth area. Uh, San Antonio, growth area. When you look at everything about this uh, league, all of the eight cities of the Alliance have been growth areas in the sport of football, and from the youth game all the way up. So that's one of the fun things to be a part of the Orlando Apollos, is that 
we know that we're going to be a part of a vibrant football community that is, uh, you know, historically always been supportive of the hometown team, like you said, Don. Orlando has a deep history with uh, football organizations, including not too long ago the Orlando Predators. I don't know if you paid attention to the Arena Football League, but uh, it was a shame when they closed down, you know. I don't know if you heard about the Arena Football League shutting down, but... I did, I did. I had some friends who played for the Predators, and now with the National Arena League, it's a smaller league, it's not the Arena Football League, but the uh, Orlando Predators reportedly will be coming back to Orlando and starting play this April, and we wish them all the luck in the world. So uh, maybe we could do on Apollo's night over with the uh, new Orlando Predators and celebrate our championship with the arena fans. And, you know, football fans are football fans. Uh, there, there's enough football to go around. And just as we're winding down our championship season, they hopefully will be starting theirs. So uh, one of the questions I, I had going into this interview was going to be, uh, we've been talking a lot about the spring football leagues but uh, do you think these new spring football leagues will motivate the NFL to sort of step up their game in some aspects? Well, the NFL has a pretty good game right now. Uh, you know, Sunday with the Super Bowl, they're going to be playing to you know multiple billions of people around the globe. They've had 25 consecutive years of increasing their revenues one year after another. Uh, last year, they had 34 billion dollars in sponsorship and ticketing revenue so I don't know how much better they can get but I hope we're able to tap into some of that in the six months that they're not playing that the alliance can at least fill up the void of three months of that non-NFL part of the year and uh, bring football back to the people one thing I've really I really um I guess I guess I guess you could say passionate about for the AAF is the rule changes. I love the new rules for the onside kick, per se, where you have to go for 4th and 12. Um, I feel like this is going to provide more exciting games, uh, easier for teams to make comebacks, and it's going to make games interesting. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I can't get into a lot of details about Sunday night, but in the Orlando game against San Diego, that onside conversion, that, that came into play more than a few times. And... It makes the game very exciting. First of all, the thing you got to know about these games in the Alliance, they move quick. There's only 30 seconds between every play, and the clock starts quickly. So even in a possession change, there is a timeout for a TV commercial. It is straight back to football. Go, go, go. Now, you can run the ball. It's not always in a hurry-up offense. But the overall pace of the game is quicker. There aren't any time-wasting plays. Kickoffs are time-wasting plays. You know, field goals are time-wasting plays. Kicking points after touchdown are time-wasting plays. So the Alliance is just taking all those things out. And the onside kick is so not a part of any part of the game of football that you rarely practice it, and they're even more rare when they're recovered. So now... You take the 4th and 12 play from the uh, converting team's 28-yard line. There's a risk-reward. You get the first down, it's first and 10 at the 40. And you're only maybe 30 yards away from being in field goal range. You don't get it, but you've given the ball back inside your own 40-yard line. 
So there's a risk reward, but here's the difference. It's football. The, the play is a football play. It's not a gimmick. It's not a quirk. And, and that's the thing that you really appreciate about what the leadership of the Alliance has done. They put a lot of thought and, and deep, deep research into things that make the game safer and more entertaining. And they wrap it all up with what is called the Alliance of American Football that debuts next Saturday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. It is going to be a lot of fun. Now, I don't know if you know this because I know they're trying to keep the preseason scrimmage under wrap and uh, not let it be open to the public. But uh, some people have leaked play-by-play -play breakdowns of every single game so far. So, uh, you know, when there's a will, there is a way. People are already <laughs> figuring that out already. Things are being leaked, and uh, I just felt like you should know that. But other than that... Oh, I, I, I'm well aware of it. It's, yeah. Uh... <laughs> You know, they didn't want us talking about it, but look, I, I would much rather be a team that won its preseason scrimmage than a team that didn't. And the, the Orlando Apollos have not yet tasted the, the bitter nectar of defeat, so that's a good thing. That is a great thing. Um, <laughs> one thing I did want to talk about as well, about the, about the rule changes, is the two-point conversions. Now, what's your opinion on this? I'm... I guess you sort of late, lately touched on it earlier, uh, how you're, all everything is pure football. But I really wanted to get more of a, a in-depth description of what you think was the reasoning behind it and your opinion on it. I think the reasoning behind it is it's action. People want to see an action play. You know, there's more risk and reward when you're actually doing a football play as opposed to an exhibition, you know, execution. Uh as a football player, I hated PATs. I mean, they were just something where somebody could do something really risky and dangerous, hurt themselves or hurt me, and it was all for one point. Uh, I'd rather do a regular football play, and if I'm on the offense, I love that because it gives me a chance. I already have the momentum I just scored. So now I get a chance to continue my positive momentum against the defense that I already had running back on their heels. I mean, it just it – just, it's just a pure competitive nature if anybody's ever played this game. I agree uh, wholeheartedly. Now, some good news for you. Or it could be good news depending on how you take it. Um, there is a Twitter account called the AAF Analyst who has been uh, talking about which teams he thinks will be the best. And he has been coming out with some preseason power rankings to kind of show who he thinks will be the, the best team at the end of the day. Now, before the preseason games, he had the Orlando Apollos at number one, the best team in the league. Uh, after that win, we are down to number three. So, we got some work to do. But at the end of the day, it's the preseason. And like you said, you know that we're going to win the championship. Who is number one and two? So, oh, who's number one and two? Oh, sorry. Um, number one is the Arizona Hotshots. Number two, the San Antonio Commanders. At number four, we have the Stallions. Uh, and now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. One thing I did want to mention: number eight is the Atlanta Legends. Yeah, that's about right. Uh, I, I say this. I say this. You got to keep in mind that preseason games. And I, I just kidding about Atlanta. I'm just trying to get a little gamesmanship going there. Uh, great coach at Kevin Coyle, 
great group of people up here in Atlanta. Looking forward to having them down here and having a great game. But here's the bottom line. There's a reason why there wasn't a lot of public talk about the scrimmage game. Because in the case of the Orlando Apollos, our first unit didn't play more than maybe a quarter and a half. After that, it was a lot of people competing to see if they were going to make the 52-man roster. So there really wasn't a lot in terms of takeaways from that scrimmage. On a team level, it was an exhibition to showcase individuals doing different things and give the general managers and player personnel people the opportunity to evaluate and make final decisions on the roster. And anybody that takes what went on last weekend in San Antonio with any type of, uh, you know, true, uh, you know, metric of any kind is is putting a little bit of, uh, as putting, a, you know, the cart in front of the horse. I mean, it, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, I, I think it, it, it might be, and, and this, is, uh, this is just as honest as I can be with you. It might be week four or five before you see who is really a talented team or not. Because remember, these guys have only been playing together for four weeks. There were no off-season workouts. There were no training camps. There were no anything other than four weeks in San Antonio. So by mid-year, it wouldn't surprise me to see a lot of two and three and three and two teams out there. It really wouldn't. And, uh, you know, I think the second half of the year is where uh, this league is going to be uh, just a incredibly entertaining thing to watch. Now, the one thing that I do feel like we could take seriously from the preseason scrimmage is how beautiful and how precious um, our uniforms really are. I think 100% that we have the best uniforms in the AAF, and I've seen from your Twitter that you're responding to a bunch of people who think so too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, the best thing I like about our uniforms is our helmets. Oh, 100%. Because on the back, on the back of our helmets, we have the only helmet in all of professional football that has the number on the back of the helmet. It's a big number. Some teams have it on the side. We have Apollo's Archer on both sides of the helmet. But then we have the number of the player in big, big numerals on the back of the helmet. And so somebody was asking me the other day, why is that? And I said, well, it's because we're the best team in the league. And they say, how do you figure that? And I said, well, since we're going to be running out in front of everybody, we wanted to make sure they knew who they were looking at. So we put our numbers on the back of our helmet real big. It's kind of like John Hancock signing the Declaration of Independence real big. You know, that's what it's all about. It's about knowing you're good, telling everybody you're good, and then backing it up. And that's what our guys are going to do. Our guys are outstanding people. They are great young athletes, and they are committed to making a difference in the community. And so when I say they're champions, I hope they are champions on the field as a team. I know they will be champions in the community throughout greater Orlando. Now, I can tell you right now, I love the helmets not only for the numbers, but for that little, uh, the Greek god Apollo, the way that you have it shaped in the back of the helmet. I, I just, I love it. Um, one thing that I can say about the numbers is that when I was searching through your Instagram and stuff, trying to see who made the final uh, 52-man roster before it went public, and I was doing some uh, uh, digging on the team and looking at the practice and stuff, 
those helmets helped a lot to see who actually made the team. Uh, <laughs> if it wasn't for those helmets, I'd have a hard time reading those numbers from a distance. So that did it help can a lot. Be a challenge, but that, that, that's the good thing about these uh, uniforms. You can see numbers on the on the uh, chest, on the front and the back, on the back of the helmets, and uh, you're going to see them on the scoreboard a lot when they're running across that uh, Apollo's Vision Board Spectrum Stadium coming up on February 9th. Uh, you did mention uh, uh, fans, right? Uh, not too long ago, you mentioned the community. We do have a new challenger, or not necessarily a challenger, a new fan in the community. His name is Apollos Trump. Now, I'm not going to get into politics, but I don't know if you've even uh, seen his Twitter account. But he has some funny I tweets. Now, I'm going to read one of his tweets, and I'm going to try to make my best uh, Donald J. Trump impression. Uh, it might It might be pretty bad, but I'm just going to go for it. Okay. Believe me when I tell you folks, Austin Appleby is hungry for the starting job. I can't name a better quarterback for the job. Austin knows how to win and win bigly. Watch him carefully. Hashtag Apollo's training camp. This man has been posting throughout the whole uh, whole training camp and half of his tweets are pretty funny. So I, I don't know. I think if I were you, I would check it out. Uh, it looks like he is also a Florida Gators fan. He also runs the Florida Gators Trump account. Which has fourteen hundred followers, so he he knows what he's doing when it comes to Trump. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, good for him. And hey, we we like everybody. Uh, the one thing the Apollos are is we're open to every fan out there, and look forward to having uh, everybody in Spectrum Stadium coming up on February 9th and throughout the twenty nineteen season. It doesn't matter who you support. Nothing like that. We're all here for one thing and one thing only. That is football. Football, absolutely. Good old Smash Mouth football. Now, I I can assume from, uh, I guess I could say from your attitude so far about the Apollos, I was going to ask you to, pre- to predict the uh, Apollo season record. I'm going to go first, and I'm going to say the Apollos are going to go 10-0. How about you? You know, uh, one thing I learned a long time ago, I have extreme confidence in our guys, and I take it one game at a time, so... Right now, the uh, idea is to go one and zero. We're going to start that out on Friday, on uh, Saturday, February 9th against the Atlanta Legends, and then after that, we're going to get ready to go back to San Antonio, play the Commanders down there in the Alamo Dome on Sunday, the 17th, and then we come back in a short week and have the Memphis Express and Samurai Mike come into to, uh, Spectrum Stadium. On Saturday night, February twenty third. So, yeah, and right I was... now, those are those are the first three games on uh, on my mind right now. Two in the East and one in the West. Now, sadly, I won't be able to go to the Week Three matchup. But the president of the Memphis Express, I was watching a podcast about the Memphis Express, and they interviewed the president. I want to say Kosha Irby. I don't want to butcher the name, but Kosha Irby, and uh, they asked him how he felt about. Uh, the whole season, and he was real confident about facing the Apollo specifically. So I don't know if you guys got some little competition or something going on over there, but he was he was extra confident. It sounded like he had a bet or something going on. <laughs> well, you know, it used to be a bet when I did things with Coach Yang, but the problem is, is that we bet on two games earlier this year, and both times UCF slapped up on Memphis. So it really is becoming kind of a bore to do bets with Coach Yang because he gets old, and my, my foot actually hurts from kicking his butt in the, in the football <laughs> betting world. So uh, 
you know, I'm going to give him a little bit of a break. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I really want to take his money or his uh, donation to my favorite charity. But if, if he wants to talk, then we might have to make something happen. I mean, but again, I mean, again, it's kind of like this. We were talking earlier about a Florida-Georgia rivalry. You know, nobody really ever talks about a Florida-Tennessee rivalry. I mean, I mean, Tennessee football, it, you know, I, last time I looked, Tennessee basketball is better than Tennessee football. So, you know, they really don't have a lot to talk about there. And, um, you know, Kersey might be better off just sticking to his constant and uh, leaving uh, football to the people in Florida. I mean, you know what they say, history does tend to repeat itself. So if I was Coach Irby, I definitely would not bet against this man right now. And maybe ever, to be honest. I would, I, I would not bet against the Apollos. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun either way. I mean, Coach Irby is a first-class guy. Uh, everybody in that Memphis organization, they're class people. And that's the great thing about the Alliance. We can all kid and go back and forth at the end of the day. We're all on one team. All of our teams are owned by one single entity. and uh, But we are very competitive. But at the end of the day, everybody has great respect for one another. And, uh, I, I mean, he's just my crazy little brother right now. I like him a lot. So, I know you already said you're going to take it one game at a time. So, I'm going to ask you. Week one, we play the Atlanta Legends. Give me a bold prediction. Whether that's score-wise, stat-wise, give me something. I predict a dominating defensive performance on behalf of the Orlando Apollos. Uh, it would not surprise me to see both teams score over 20 points. But uh, I think in the end that the Apollos uh, are going to show things that a lot of people don't expect. And, and I will tell you this. Uh, there were certain things that weren't on display in San Antonio because there's no reason to show what you're going to do in a real game when you're playing a scrimmage. And uh, let's just say that there's there's a lot yet to be shown. And we have a genius as head coach. And this man knows how to plan a season, not just a game, but a season. You're not going to win the league championship. You're not going to win the Alliance championship in the first game. So you got to understand a playbook is something that you're not going to you're not going to see maybe more than thirty percent of the playbook in week one, and maybe in the first half of the season you're only going to see half the playbook. You got to keep some things back. You know, it's a progressive thing. Yeah. So. I, I expect for the Orlando Apollos to be innovative, creative. They're going to throw some quirky things out there just to make other teams have to prepare for it. There might be things that you run in week one and week two that you never run again. But you're going to make somebody prepare for it. It's all in the genius that is Steve Spurrier and, and in our other coaches, Bob Saunders who's our defensive coordinator, has been in the NFL for over 30 years. This man is a football genius and and will do some things to people in this league with our defensive front. It's almost unfair to think about what we're going to do to people. It, it really is. So I, I'm, I'm glad I'm wearing the orange and blue, Dom. Uh, I, I, I can guarantee you that. 
quarterbacks are going to be having a hard time sleeping the night before the game against the Apollos. I have no doubt about that. Now, uh, well, the last question I have to ask you, um, I was watching a couple of the podcasts when they were interviewing the president, and one of them talked about uh, how long it took for the AAF to start up and how long it took for the whole league to really get going. Do you have any, uh, any, I guess you could say, info, anything, any background information that you could talk about how the whole oh, league I mean, started? I know that, you know, it was April in uh, 2018 when they announced the league. Uh, Orlando was the first uh, team that was announced. Steve Spurrier was the first head coach was announced. And uh, we're playing in February. So by my count, that's a, that's a nine-month turnaround. That's pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> that is real quick. Now, was this uh, sort of planned beforehand, or was it just like nine months ago someone's like, you know what, I want to create a spring football league. Let's make it happen. Well, you know, it's kind of hard to figure all that out. I've heard a lot of different stories, but, you know, it's, it's probably been talked about. And, you know, I mean, when did it really start? When did somebody say this is really serious? There's been a lot of talks from a lot of humans about a lot of different pro football leagues coming back in the spring. But I'm glad that I'm a part of this Alliance of American Football. We uh, kick off and we're the Orlando Apollo. So that, that, that's really what I care about right now. Indeed. Um, now, the city of Orlando loves uh, supporting its teams. I think I've mentioned that. Uh, one thing I've noticed a lot with Orlando City, at least, now, this could be just a soccer thing, but I think we need to translate this into American football. These fans have chants, but these aren't just normal chants. These are full-on, like, songs. I don't know if you've ever been to Orlando City game or any any I soccer know, game. Yeah. Uh, you, you know what I mean when it goes by the chants. It's, it's not like anything you've ever seen before. That's for sure. Oh, it is. So I think you and some of the other fans start talking it up and come up with some chants or you know, they get that stuff going. It doesn't work. The team tries to push that stuff. It has to be organic. It has to come from the fans. So I look forward to seeing what our fans can do creatively and hopefully making the bounce house the top home field advantage in the Atlanta. Yeah, I know I've been talking to a couple other Apollos fans and we're working on something. Uh, I don't know if we'll be ready for the first game, but I can tell you we really are working on something. Well, I'm looking forward to it. That is that is correct. Now, that is going to wrap up today's episode. For all everyone listening, uh, thank you for listening. If you guys do want to follow Mr. Michael Waddell, the team president of the Orlando Apollos, you can follow him at Michael Waddell. I want to go with right. At Michael Waddell underscore. That's M I C H A E L W A Double D underscore. I will also be putting the links in the description if you're listening on YouTube to not only uh, the president, but we'll be going to all of uh, the Orlando Apollo social media links. And actually, one more thing I forgot. The AAF shop is open. Go get yourself some gear. They just came out with these beautiful, beautiful starter jackets for the Orlando Apollos. They're so amazing. If you guys want to get one, Go ahead. Uh, link to that will also be in the description below because I can tell you right now, those jackets will will be sold out pretty quick even though they are a pre-order. So go pre-order for them now before they sell out. Trust me. You will regret it if you don't. That's it. It's going to be great. Yep. 
uh, thank you for talking on the show, and uh, hopefully we can have you on later, later on in the season. Hey, hopefully, absolutely, Dom. I appreciate it. Hopefully we'll talk to you, you know, after after the season when you win the championship, after the championship parade, after everything, you know, settles down a little bit. I look forward to it, Dom. Thank you, man. Thank you, too.